This is Heavy Hot Football. On today's show, we talk about the game between the Washington Redskins and the Tennessee Titans. And boy, what a titanic loss it was. We talk about the game and much, much more live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Yo, 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 what's up? Yo, 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 what's up? And what was up with that? Yeah. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Um, Well, John, let me say this. Before we get to the negatives of the game, let's talk about the positives and keep this upbeat. Okay, now (laughs) on to the negatives. Now that we're done talking about the positives, let's get to the negatives. (laughs) Um, The positives. uh, The positives of the game... It was a beautiful day at FedEx Field. Not too hot, not too cool. Sun was shining. We got free and, breakfast. Uh, we got free breakfast from the Jimmy Dean free Happy Breakfast. breakfast. There. That was really nice. We did thanks to the Jimmy Dean Happy Breakfast people. If you're ever in the need for breakfast, call on Jimmy Dean. That's Jimmy Dean Breakfast. Go ahead. And if you're ever going to be a designated driver, um, sign up at the uh, guest services and get yourself a free soda. You know, it was a beautiful day to be up in uh, Rao, uh, Rao John or Landover, Maryland, or whatever you call it. At the Jack. It wasn't until about 4 o'clock, 4.30, and then it wasn't beautiful anymore. No, it got pretty ugly there. Um, yeah, it was a pretty sad day, and uh, I think in Redskins history. Um, it'll go down in history as the first game that, that uh, Fitz Young won as pro quarterback. Yep. Unfortunately, that's quarterback for the worst team in the NFL. Well, that's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> but. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's talk. Uh, we can move on to, uh, at this point, I, bet, I guess we can move on to our game balls and we can try to continue to stay positive and upbeat here, guys, because, <laughs> you know, even though it's two and four in the season's darn nearly over. There were a few positive things that happened in the game yesterday, I think. Yeah, Brandon Lloyd caught a 53-yard pass that set up a touchdown to tie the game. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that was great. I mean, uh, it was was great to actually see him uh, doing something. (laughs) It was good to see him. uh, He had the first catch in that first preseason game, and then after that, has he really done much? I don't know, but... It was also great to see them fight back instead of just give up after they lost the lead like that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? They shouldn't have given up and lost the lead in the first place. That's very true. Um, I think I think it just seemed like uh, the defense seems like they just get comfortable with a lead or something, and they just kind of slack off. They always do that. I thought the defense was pretty slack the whole game. But, we, uh, but on that note... Um, Salvain, Cornelius Griffith, not one of those guys played, so we had two rookies. Yeah. Two rookie draft choices in the middle of the line. And they made a couple of plays, but I think that, that hurt the team a little bit. And I think the fact that, uh, I don't know, I think Marcus Washington was pretty good, but, uh, you know, I, last time I looked, Lamar Marshall was kind of the heir apparent to being the leader of the defense after Antonio.
Antonio Pierce left, and I don't think he's doing a very good job of keeping people informed of what's going on and keeping people in their lanes, as Greg Williams likes to say. Um, I thought Warwick Holdman was pretty much out of position an awful lot. Well, that's it. I mean, I gotta. I, I might have to disagree with you a little bit. I'm usually like the first guy to toot Marcus Washington's horn, but I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, he played okay, I thought, but you know, things like that that interception. He should have made that interception. The ball is right in his hands. Oh yeah, he should have made that. And the whole thing. I mean, we we gotta the Redskins gotta capitalize on those opportunities. They can't, you know, have something like that given to them. And and not do something with it. it like, and that's the biggest thing. If you look at if you look at turnovers, you know the amount of turnovers in the league and where we are and where everybody else is and you know wins and losses. I mean, it's pretty clear to see that you know turnovers have something to do with with winning a football game and winning it by any any considerable margin. It was yeah. like that last year too, dudes. Don't forget the Redskins yeah, had the like same exact thing here. Like you're saying, it's exactly what happened last year. We've got to be probably like minus 12, minus 13 in turnovers. Yeah. It was another game of, of zero turnovers for the Redskins. I mean, zero turnovers in the Redskins' favor. We had an opportunity, I think, three times in the game yesterday to recover turnovers, one being that, and I think there were a couple of fumbles that, uh, you know, that we had an opportunity to get and we didn't get. Yeah. Um, we just, we just got to make those things happen. I know you're saying let's give game balls. I'm still sitting here trying to think of who I'm going to give a game ball to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh, I don't, what about you, Aaron? I said Brandon Lloyd for that 53-yard catch. Uh, okay. Well, there's – I mean, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, Moss had some good plays. I can't really give him a game ball, though. Uh, he had at least three drop passes. In a row. I, you know, if I had to give a game ball, I, I, I'd probably give it to Clinton Portis because whenever he was called on, he did his job. Unfortunately, he was, uh, you know, he was left sitting on the sidelines for, for much of the game, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah, I believe he only touched the ball 14 times. Or yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 14 like, rushes. How many times do we have to tell him that? yards, I think, is what he had. How many and, times do we have to tell him that if they don't give him the ball 20, 25 times, they're not going to win? I know, and, and, you know, I put a post up today, and it was like, you know, we got to run the ball. I mean, we were all there screaming, and I heard John screaming it and, and Aaron screaming it throughout the game. I mean, run the ball, run the ball. Run the we ball. Know. And, I mean, there are a lot of people screaming that. And that's the thing, you know, we got to give – we got we to establish that run early in the game. It's just like what last year, just like you, you were saying, Aaron, too. You know, if you look back – the first however many games last year, we were not establishing that run. And once we started doing that early on, it, it chips away at those yards, three, four, five yards at a time. All that stuff adds up. You start adding in. Then you sprinkle in a few passes here and there. But, you know, that's Redskins football. Pound the, pound the football down. Run the ball. You know, let Clinton Portis get in there and do what we've got him to do, what he's capable of doing. And that also tires out the, the the opponent's defense, you know, so that uh, so that by the end of the game, you know, by running the ball so much and them having to cover that run, you know, that that they're tired out, and then we can bring out the trickery and fanciness that is the Al Saunders play playbook apparent. Dude, they ran two double reverse handoffs before they ran a normal run. Yeah, and they yeah. ran them with a wide receiver. I mean, they ran with wide receivers. And one time yeah. they fumbled it. One time they fumbled it. The other time they broke it for like 30 yards or something, which was cool, but 
if we were to just run the ball to begin with instead of this fancy crap, then maybe uh, we'd get some wins. I, I think it's painfully obvious that the uh, the offensive line, especially just offense in general, but the line especially, they got no rhythm. They got no rhythm going on out there because they're trying all these fancy, fancy Al Saunders plays. You know, a little little swing uh, screen here and a little flip screen there, and then two double reverses in the first four plays. You know, your offense, you've got all these fancy things going on, but they get no rhythm. They get no consistency of what's going on. It's like every time there's a play on offense, it's like a brand-new offensive look. They're bringing in different wide receivers all the time. They're bringing in different people to run the ball. Um, I think Liddell Betts maybe had two runs. Uh, Sellers had a couple of runs. And that's cool and all to spread it out between everybody and give everyone a chance to, to do things. But you got to go with your bread and butter. Because obviously, as we all know, that's what the Redskins did at the end or the middle of last season to rattle off all those wins, establish the run, run at least 20 times, if not 30 times a game, and, and you're golden. Five wins in a row to end the season last year. Every time you run the ball and establish yourself as a, uh, as a, as a power in that category, then you start to open up the path. I think that's tried and true football. I mean, I think in like the first and second quarter, we should be running the ball at least 75% of the time. I mean... That's just my opinion, but I mean, if, you, if we're doing that and establishing the run, then like you said, then yeah, I mean, it, it just opens it up for a lot of other stuff, and, and, and it tires out the defense, and it, you know, we can talk about sort of blue in the face. We, we all know they, yeah. need to, they need to run the ball, and they need to stop doing, trying to do the fancy stuff. Just let's do what, what they know how to do. And, you know, John and I were talking about it after a game here, and I, don't, I think you were talking to uh, our dad or something, but um, we're like, I said, I said, dude, you know, I have to travel a lot, and I get tired of going to these restaurants a lot of time where it's like this fancy little gourmet meals and this and that and the other. I said, dude, sometimes you just want cheeseburgers and fries because you know that that's just what's going to taste good and that's what's going to work for you. And, I mean, that's what we need. We need, like, cheeseburger and fries and shakes, man. That's Quentin Portis pounding it, you know, pounding the ball down three, four, five yards at a time. Uh, not these fancy little plays that probably took, like, a week for somebody to think up. So. All I know is this. How many Super Bowls has Al Saunders' offense won? And how many yeah, Super Bowls point. has Joe Gibbs has won? Let's get Joe Gibbs calling the plays again. Yeah, yeah I good think, point. Yeah, I, I think I said that in the post today, too. I was like, uh... You know, let's uh, stick with the girl you took to the prom and uh, change the word girl to uh, to plays and change the uh, the word prom to Super Bowls. <laughs> you know, stick with what got you there. <laughs> and, I mean, really, it's uh, it, it's running the ball and, and letting Joe Gibbs call the zone. I mean, where's the counter tray? Where's the, you know, some of these, these classic Joe Gibbs plays that, that, you know, got him to the point where, Everybody wanted Joe Gibbs back in D.C. to make it right again, you know? Yeah, truly. And the, by the time they finally started trying to run some counter plays out there on the field, it was like the late, late in the third quarter. And by that time, you know, it's, it's pretty much too late to start establishing the run there. It's uh, yeah. it, uh, it was just really frustrating to watch. Yeah. Very frustrating to watch. It was horrible, dude. The offense yeah. was horrible, the defense was horrible, and the special teams were worse. You know, that yeah, special that, teams are bad. That's it. I mean, I think that the uh, the other line played pretty well. I mean, they seem to be they seem to be uh, blocking pretty well. Uh, Brunel wasn't under a whole lot of pressure all day long. I mean, nor should uh, he have been. Yeah, no, they gave him plenty of time. No, that they was... had lots of time to make his throws. And, and that's it. He, uh, you know, 
he he had some you know some throws that looked pretty good and some it was just like what was that and uh and and in a lot of those situations i mean he had plenty of time to make it and plenty of time to make a nice pass and put it right where it needed to be and it was like too long or behind the receiver or you know I mean, it, it just makes you, again, start to wonder, you know, how long is Brunel going to be in this position? Everybody's screaming for Campbell in the stands. That's just not going to happen right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Brunel was really the problem yesterday. It was more than that. Yeah, I don't, think, I, th- I don't think the blame falls on Brunel's shoulders, but if no. we have another bad week in Indianapolis, and I, I, I think we all, I think we're all in agreement that yeah. – it's it's not really necessarily his fault. Well, I don't think that. But I think I don't. Be, I think he's going to end up being the fall guy. If if we have another bad week in Indianapolis this week coming up, and with a bye week coming up after that. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I think honestly, honestly, if you look at the entire season thus far, and you look at Mark Brunel, there's real, there real, truly is. There's just not enough. You you just can't like totally point your finger at him and say it's Brunel's problem. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, there's so many other things. I mean, yeah, and I just don't know. I mean, I think if he does take the fall, that just uh, that's just somebody committing a wrong, you know, to to say that because uh, I mean he might take the fall. He's a quarterback, and it's, it maybe if somebody's hand is forced, you never know what's coming up from the top. Um, you know, maybe maybe Dan Snyder's going to get a little uh, a little antsy about it and so, you know make a decision for somebody. I mean, we, we truly don't know. We're not in the inner workings to know what. You know what Joe Gibbs and everybody else can and cannot do if if word comes down from the top that they need to make a change. Um, but you know who, who knows. But you know. But again, like we were talking about, if uh, if Mark Brunel, I mean, if, if we do lose against Indy, and God forbid, if we lose against Dallas, you know, do we start to see at that point Jason Campbell coming in? Is the season a wash at that point? I mean, we forget forget about the rest of the season. Let's use the time to. Campbell ready for next year? I mean, what uh, what do you think we go at that point? Dude, they're not going to put in Jason Campbell unless Brunel gets injured, I guarantee it. Even if we go... Yeah, I think you're probably right about that, Aaron. I think you are right. Even though I think someone's... They're going to be calling... I mean, they're already yelling for heads to roll in, uh, in the press and, of course, definitely the fans, but... Even if we go to, like, 5-2 and two or 6-2 and two and we're at that point and... You you don't think we'll start to see Campbell being put in? For you, I don't. No, I I don't. You mean I don't two and unless Brunel gets hurt. Okay, well, well you're saying if he, unless he gets hurt, what if we keep losing? What what seriously? What if the Redskins keep losing? What if it gets to be eight and two? Do we see Campbell at that point? You mean two and eight? Yeah, I was about to say eight. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? If it gets to be two and eight, you know, it's, it, it, at what point do we bring him in? Do we wait till it's Two and ten. <laughs> I mean, they might bring him in for like the last two games of the season, but yeah. But dude, it doesn't matter because I mean, we're gonna that's, we're gonna win in Indy. Gibbs always. I mean, it took a, it took a season-ending injury for Gibbs to finally put John Hall out of the game, and he's on injured reserve. I mean, there's a chance he could play again next year, and I think we're all in agreement that he's pretty much done. Yeah, um, being an effective kicker for the team, and we've been talking about that for a while. So, you know, Gibbs, he sticks with his guns. He's going to be like that. So I, I guess if I had to give a game ball, <laughs> as, as, as we talk about this, uh, this dare I say, debacle of the game. T.J. Duckett. Um, 
I think my game ball goes to all the fans that had to sit there and pay money and, and deal with watching that, that crap that we call a football game that was out there. I think all the fans that were out there stayed at FedEx Field and got our free Jimmy Dean sausages from the from the uh, <laughs> truck downstairs. And and uh, I think I think the, the fans deserve a game ball. Even though they, some people are like, well, you know the dollar beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, $7, $8 beers. I think we should all demand a refund from Dan Snyder. Yeah, truly. And then I think he should sell the team to someone that won't rip off all the fans, the people that are making them the money. You know, it's yeah. funny because it's funny because uh, when we were coming over, uh, you know, we uh, took the shuttle over from the uh, Landover Metro Station, and uh, we we ran into um, uh, what's his name Barton Tom Barton is it Tom, Tom Barton? Barton Yeah Tom Barton from uh, Barton Ford in Virginia Beach Virginia, and. Uh, and he was telling us, you know, they have, they have uh, like, I guess, corporate box seats or whatever. Um, and he said, you know, next year, uh, you know, next year they're going to double the price of these seats, the price of this this package. And is, is it really worth it? I, you know, it hit me before the game thinking, man, that's crazy. And yeah, then, it's already the most expensive seats in the NFL, I believe. And to think they're going to double it after how they played yesterday – that yeah. just made me think. I, I think that would have sealed it. He, he was saying, I just don't know if we're going to do it next year because, you know, they're going to double it. Is it really worth it to us, you know, to give to customers, blah, blah, blah. And and I'm like, after yesterday's game, it's certainly not worth it. Yeah, that's a long haul to go three, four hours up for extremely expensive tickets to see such a crappy team. Crappy team. And I'm supposed to mention and say hello to his wife, PJ, like pajamas. So anyway, hey, <laughs> hey PJ, his, his lovely wife PJ. Hope you enjoyed that Excellent. game as much as we did. <laughs> and also, yeah, there's truly. yellow, there's man. yellow like club level game. seats, man. I mean, <laughs> they're never full anyway. Those club level seats are empty, so why are they going to double it so they can get half as many people that are there now just to make the same amount of money? I don't understand. Yeah, but that, but that said, if you need a Ford, go to Barton Ford in Virginia Beach. Tom Barton. Sure. <laughs> if you're a Redskins fan, you need to buy a Ford. You're in the market. Go see Tom Barton at Barton Ford, Lincoln Mercury. Yeah. World class. World class. Right. Yeah, they definitely like like football there. They had a commercial on for a while where they were talking about football. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. So, Josh, do you have a game ball that you'd like to give out before we move on to uh the defense and kick? I, I guess I gave it to the to the O line. Uh. I mean, yeah. just just for just for blocking and doing pretty much kind of doing their job. I mean, uh, you know, but I, I'm just trying to think of. It's hard to single that out, given to them, and I guess, and like I said, Clinton Porter's for, for being so patient because I mean, you know, you know, he's just itching to get in there and run that ball, and that's what they run need to Clinton do. Run. So, yeah, run, Clinton, run. John, you have one. Yeah, I gave mine to the fans. Oh yeah, okay. That were at the stadium and everybody else, but especially the fans at the stadium because. Uh, uh, yeah. that that just was the, the deal with that horrible game. Um, and everybody else gets kicked. Thank you. Good night. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know who's getting more. First, um, first people kick. were talking about, I think, on the radio about how rude it was or how wrong it was for the fans at FedEx Field to be booing. Are they serious? Who said that? Who was that? Who said that? I heard some people on the uh, the radio show, the post-game radio show, that were calling in about that. But I thought Ronaldo Wynn had a great point. He was like, I read today, he said, well, you know, I've been with this team five years, and I've never heard the fans boo before, and they deserve to boo because we stunk. 
Yeah. That's paraphrasing him, but yeah, that's basically what it was. Dude, I mean, it, we all booed. I mean, everybody was booing. It was like, well, what are you supposed to do? It does, it's just like, think about, uh, I, I don't know, I'm sure somebody's gone to any, some other kind of event before. Something sucks, and you know, you boo it. Who was that yeah, person? I mean, it's not, it's John, like who was that person? It's, yeah, these are, for most schools, these are students. Right. They're also playing football, and, you know, that's that's kind of a... And it's not uh, like funny view of it because it's not necessarily true. But, I mean, in college, you boo a college team. That's kind of weak unless they're – well, it's kind of weak in general because they are students. They're not paid professional athletes uh, legally. But and, and, this and is a paid is, professional team. They need, to, they need to perform better, and they are capable of performing better. And who the thing is, is we wouldn't boo it if, if we didn't care. I mean – John, who was that person? <laughs> we, we, we care, so, so we boo. Dude, I mean, it's who like, was that know, person? Hey, it's just, it's just the same as us, like, cheering like crazy until you can't hear when they're playing great and they win. I mean, we care. So we say, hey, guys, that was awesome. You know, hey, guys, you sucked. Boo. I mean, it's the same thing. John, who was that person? That you suck. We care that you suck. Stop sucking so we can cheer you on again. <laughs> who was that person? What person? Who was what person? Man, for the millionth time. That said. Dude, I didn't hear you. I've been saying it for like the last five minutes. Who is this per stupid person that said that no one should boo? Dude, I don't know. I said it was some people that called into the uh, post game show. Uh, like a fan or something? Like some? Yeah, it was fans. Well, that person's ridiculous. They Probably get my kick. Fans that weren't at the game. That person gets my kick. All right, because they're the, <laughs> they're the sucker that'll pay Dan Snyder eight million dollars for a ticket to see that crap. Because I'm not doing it anymore. I mean, it's tough. It's tough not to kick a lot of people. Uh, Randall L. Uh, uh, I, what about Randall L.? He sucked. He lost like a hundred <laughs> yards on his you know, punt returns. Uh, there's a great show though that he could be on. It's called uh, "So You Think You Can Dance" or "Dancing with the Stars" or whatever that one that um, that uh, uh, what's his face is on. There's been a couple football players on that show. Anyway, he was dancing back there, dude, but he wasn't running. He was losing yardage is what he was doing. And didn't he fumble? No, that was Ran that was Lloyd. Who fumbled? Randall L? Lloyd? I don't remember. I don't remember. Sure all all fumbled fumbled. Um, there were a bunch of fumbles. I mean, luckily we recovered a bunch, but of our own. None, none of anybody else's. Dude, we lost um, to the Titans. It was horrible. Yeah. There's no excuse. I, dude, if I was giving kicks, I'd give it to you. And, you know, I think, obviously, it was recognized. I mean, we made a move today. The Redskins signed a deal with, uh, with Troy Vincent. i I got to give my kicks to uh, to the defensive back. Um, oh, Carlos Rogers was the worst. Dude, they were, they were just, man, it was just. He's the new Daryl Pounds. <laughs> he is the new Daryl Pounds. The new Daryl Pounds. Pounds. He's he horrible. so bad. He's horrible. It's not like he was just horrible this game. He's been horrible all year long. And even even last year, near the end of the season, he he thinks he's all like Deion Sanders. All he does is throw shoulder blocks or shoulder tackles. How many third downs? And he sticks his pinky out there and hopes somebody's going to trip. How many third downs does he give up? How many third downs does he give up? It's like every single third and long, and then they throw it towards whoever he's covering. Well, they threw it at Kenny Wrong one time, and he gave up one, too. Oh, no, but the secondary's <laughs> so bad, man. They're horrible. They really are. Well, 
you know, um, that's what we were talking about after the game. We're like, you know, what what needs to happen is they need to cut Carlos Rogers. You know, he's been this like this top pick rookie. I mean, not rookie, but I mean this top pick hopeful guy. They're you know they're hoping he's going to be this like great thing. Well, they're hoping he's going to be the next. I don't know, somebody like Daryl Green. Really, I'm just like, hoping he turns around and actually covers a pass. I mean, you know, and like looks for the ball he wants. He's more pounds than Green. So he more pounds than Green. Let That's me tell you what, Troy Vincent picking him up could be huge. And people are like, they have these stupid polls on Redskins.com. Is he too old? It's like, dude, we need help now. We're not talking like three years from now. We need like a band aid. <laughs> yeah, Get it. Let's get some help right now. And no, I think the guy's still got it. I mean, he had he had what like a a hip injury or a hamstring pull. That was all he had, or tear or something. Hamstring pull. And uh, I mean, you know, he's got he's had a great career. I mean, among active players, he like leads the league in interceptions. Um, I, I mean, you he's know, been to like four or five Pro Bowls. He's thirty five years old. So what? Daryl Green was what like forty one when he uh, retired. 42. 42. All right. Maybe 43. He's probably, he was probably like 70. I don't know. I don't know. But so, so give Troy those seven years and shut up about it. I mean, you know, like you said, we need somebody now. We don't need anybody in three years. And the question is, I mean, we did get rid of who Curry Burns today or whatever his name is. Yes. Dude, the thing is, they need him and they need him active this week. Yeah. Yeah. And if he's active this week, the Redskins will beat Indianapolis. Mark my words. See, but see, dude, I don't think it all comes down to just one player. I, I, I think that, yes, he can help us out, definitely. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, who gets mixed up back in there. Um, like you said, Aaron, I think you put a post up about, you know, uh, Carlos Rogers moving to, uh, to the nickel against, uh, against Dallas or something like that. I, I forget what you said exactly, but, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, who are they going to sit down, who gets moved around, where, how are they going to fit him in. Well, you know? dude, Carlos Rogers, I forgot, broke his thumb, so he's probably not even going to play this week. Well, well, that's, he, he probably broke it where he, when he stuck it out trying to trip somebody and tackle. Well, that's what I'm saying. Troy Vincent needs to start this week. It should be him and... Um, I don't know. Is Springs fully back? He was playing some last week. I mean, he played some. We saw him as soon as he got that five-yard penalty. Yeah, I mean, it was like, oh, Springs is in. Oh, he got a penalty. Oh, um, I guess Springs is in because he just got a penalty. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much like that. Yeah. Um, but, no, you know, I was saying I don't think it comes down necessarily to just one, any one individual as far as making things happen. I think that everybody would agree that the Redskins – have invested in a lot of talent. I mean, there's a lot of raw talent on the team. I think it's just finding a way to make it all work together, and I just don't think they found that. We were kind of saying after the game, it's like, you know, something's just not quite right. Something's kind of missing or something. Because they got no rhythm on offense because they're not trying, they're not doing the same old bread and butter plays. Every single time they go up there, it's like a gadget play with three different wide receivers than the play before. And maybe one, maybe two people in the backfield who weren't in the play before, and they keep switching around. Ooh. And the defense, I was listening on the radio. It's very interesting. No one in the, on the team is pointing fingers, per se, um, in the interviews in the locker room. But, Carlos Rogers. you know, no one's saying this person needs to do something, this person needs to do something. But a couple people are like, well, we all need to stick together, but people need to know their assignments, and specifically on the defense. Right. And, uh, what the, what was not being said, or what, what the unsaid, 
that um, the subtext, if you will. Carlos Rogers. Is uh, people like Warwick Holdman out of position. Yep. People just, um, um, people just not hitting their marks, people not making their assignments. Yeah, 98, not really putting people where they need to be out there. Um, yeah. Rocky McIntosh is still on special teams. I think it's about time he moves up to take over for 57. Dude, the linebackers I mean, dude, are, like, non-existent. Travis Henry, Travis Henry has a career day. <laughs> your defense is not play, is, uh, your defense sucks. Dude, I got to point this out, too. This is what's Thank different you. than last so, year. And, <laughs> yeah. This is what's different than last year and the year before, too. How many games would we have won last year where the offense scored 21 points or more? Yeah, exactly. There were, there were a bunch of those, like three or four, I think. Yeah. So our offense this year, yesterday they scored more than 21 points. Yep, yep. Our defense is like, I don't know. We The offense gets a little bit better and the defense gets 100 times worse. We can't win. <laughs> yeah. we got to have them both halfway decent, not one good and one really crappy. I mean, the offense is actually is better than last year, even though it doesn't look like it. They're scoring more points. They are scoring more points. They're just they're not making it happen kind of when they need to. They scored two touchdowns on the first two possessions, and after that, it was just anemic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the blame, if it's got to go to anyone in particular, it's definitely got to go towards the defense. But you know what? My kicking the balls as many as, as as many different places as it could go, it's going to go to the special teams for letting someone come in untouched and block Derek Frost punt into the end zone. That I mean, was that, could, that, that was, that was the, the difference in the game. Two points right there. But yeah, that was it right there. And I mean, he was untouched. No one touched the guy. It's unbelievable, dude. It was horrible. It was one of the worst games uh, I've ever seen live in person. All the way around. I mean. You can pick out a few hand, like you can count on one hand pretty much, you know, solid players that did their job like they always do. And Mark's the rest watching. of them, you may as well just kick them. Yep. All right, moving forward, dudes. Let's get this yeah. thing over with. Anyway, uh, that's enough of that game. Yeah, enough of that game. We don't need to dwell on it anymore. We all, we all know that the Redskins need improvement, and hopefully we'll see it uh this coming week in Indianapolis. Yeah, if Clinton Portis gets the ball uh, 25 times, I guarantee you win. All right, here we go. Um, are you ready? Tom's trivia. You hear the music? All oh, right. yeah, there uh, it is. I hear, yeah, I hear, yeah. I hear, I hear. Last week, um, I got to tell you, you remember the question? It was, the Redskins are 8-2 and two in overtime games under Joe Gibbs. What were the two games that they lost? And the answer, sent in by guess who, y'all? Danny, Danny met he met the challenge. Way to go, dude! Anyway, the answer was in 2005, 23 to 17 against the Chargers, and the last one was back in 1988, 20 to 17, the Cincinnati Bengals were the two games they lost. And that chart, Danny, and that finally making the first one in. That Chargers one, as John would be quick to point out is every time the Redskins play up against the team where someone has revenge against the Redskins, you know, in their heart. Schottenheimer in that case, Norm Turner for the Raiders last year. Yeah. Or, yeah. And Schottenheimer, yes, for the San Diego Chargers game and Arrington last two weeks ago. And Pierce 
last week. And on and on and on. And on and on and on and on. Anyway, that being said. All right, that was the question. Congratulations to Danny, who wins absolutely nothing for that. Um, but we um, applaud you, Danny. Good job. Let's see if you can get two in a row here. <laughs> the question for this week is... I hope I didn't ask this one already. Tell me if I did. All right, guys. After after lose, wait. Oh, this one he gave me on after the Minnesota game. I'm just bringing it up. So hopefully I didn't already. Lose. After losing to Minnesota, Gibbs is lifetime 0 and 6 on Monday Night Football. Did I do this one? In Week One in his career. However, he he has won one season opener night game. What was it? Now this is the new one. Okay, good. I didn't think I did. Yeah, I don't think you got that one. So if you guys know the answer, go ahead and send it in to Harry, Redskins fan at harryhogfootball.com. That's right. And again, you win absolutely nothing. And, um, but. Do you have loads of fun doing Yeah, you have loads of fun. And, um, let me see. Do we, what else do we want to talk about here? Anything? Except we were all, like, so disappointed that we couldn't even really speak until we had made it outside the stadium? Dude, I couldn't speak until I pretty much got down to, like, Ashland, Virginia, around around Richmond. And I uh, stopped at a Cracker Barrel there. And lo and behold, as I walked in, it was full of Redskins fans. So, uh, <laughs> so um, you know, it, it was a pretty good dinner there. And I did promise, uh, since I brought it up, that uh, I would uh, give a shout-out to uh, Portia. She was my waitress there, but she's also uh, works for the Fredericksburg. Let me get this right, Freelance Star newspaper, and uh, she writes a weekly column there on their online um, online newspaper, and she does some of their the online content stuff. So shout out to her, and a shout out to Harry, who uh, was very excited that we were Harry Hog Football because his name was Harry, and he was <laughs> in the restaurant. So uh, we were all commiserating, wallowing in in, in the defeat uh, as we stuffed our faces with uh, biscuits and gravy. So anyway, uh, there's that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, cool. Um, people. <laughs> yeah, so uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll get a win next week in Indianapolis, which I feel like we will because we always come up with one of those like games that we. Don't think we should win, but we end up winning, you know, like. Jacksonville. Uh, well, not so much them. I had a feeling we could beat them, but there's the teams like, like when we beat the Patriots and we beat the Seahawks. Yeah. And there's always like a game like that. You're just like, whoa, they beat them. Cool. I, I think if we can beat Indianapolis, it'll do some great things for the morale in the Redskins camp. And, you know, it'll, it'll boost, uh, People's hopes amongst the fans. Um, Boost our chances mean, of selling those tickets. Is no, is no slacking team to to go and beat. I mean, they're not as good, I think, as they once were. But uh, but still, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, Indianapolis's run defense is pretty bad, but they're still one of the one have one of the best records in football. But right. man, got to run the ball, run Clinton, run, and they're going to be on turf. So yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. can you think about one cut and go? Just run the ball. Run the damn ball. That's what I'm saying, dude, is their run defense isn't that good. If we're going to beat them, Clinton Portis has to have the ball at least 25 times. And, and, and our 
defense needs to step up. We need to be putting the pressure on. We need to be sending some blitzes, putting the pressure on Peyton Manning. Um, you know, we just gotta we just gotta make sure everybody's making their marks and doing their jobs. And uh, our defense needs to work as hard as Clinton is running the ball. Mm-hmm. All right, dudes, we gotta wrap it up. We're getting long on this session about complaining about the team. So, um, <laughs> good luck to the Redskins next week in Indianapolis. Hail to the Redskins. And, um, I guess we'll see you guys at the Dallas game in a couple weeks. If you have anything to say, anything, uh, comments, questions, whatever, send us an email, redskinsfan at harryhogfootball.com. And as always, between now and November 5th, if you see a Cowboys fan, joke the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. Joke. All right, dudes. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.